Hey, this is Reese. Uh, welcome to another episode of WCLPR One Ocean. Um, we used to do these segments called Fossum and Jetsum, where we covered the ocean news in about five minutes. And we're bringing it back, and we've added video, and we thought it'd be really fun to not just um, kind of do our usual riff back and forth at the office, but check in with some friends across the globe, particularly our friend Hugo Tagholm, who is the CEO of Surface and Sewage. He's also our guest this week on the podcast, so you can go and listen to a full conversation with Hugo and myself going deep on 30 years of incredible work at Surface Against Sewage. But for right now, we're going to check in with Hugo from across the pond and see what's going on. Hugo, thanks so much for being here, and how's it going over there? Hey, good. Thanks, Reese. Thanks for having me, and happy Easter. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's good. It's uh, a bizarre time um, for us all. Um, but it's not going too badly. The sun's shining. I've got a beautiful view out of my house, and, uh, and whilst I can't go to the beach, um, I know the waves out there are, are pumping, so at least it's good eye candy for people. The waves are good? The waves are really good at the moment. Yeah, you know, fun size, you know, three foot offshore. We've got offshores all week. The sun's shining. For here, it's pretty warm. Um, t-shirt and shorts weather and uh, yeah we're in lockdown um, because of COVID-19 so we can't go to the beach um, to surf but um, oh, man. that's for the uh, good of you know that's for the good of um, of the the population for people and for our for our national health service to protect the people at the front lines um, dealing with the, the crisis at the moment. Yeah, well, I mean, good on you for following the rules. Um, you know, there's a little, little extra pressure on you, right? You, you as a leader in the community can't get out there and break the rules. But um, yeah, we're feeling you as well. There was a nice little, little south swell that ran through here recently. And unfortunately, um, you know, just had to, to let it pass. The good news is there will be more waves in the future. And the most important thing we can all do is stay safe and stay home. And, but it's cool because it's opened up opportunities like this to do this kind of stuff. I think like we wouldn't normally do this unless it was kind of now the medium of the day. And so I think it's kind of fun. It's good to see your face. Absolutely. Yeah, this is, it's been a, been some a really interesting period of time to learn how to connect better digitally um, and to, uh, and to get stuff done whilst being, uh, being at home. And, you know, our sacrifice, um, you know, at this period of time is, is, is staying at home and, and it's fairly, you know, straightforward and it's good to be able to keep the, uh, keep the mission going from home. Um, all of my team are spread out working from home, but they're still planning uh, campaigns, delivering campaigns, um, and planning for the sort of exit of, of COVID-19 and when the world gets back to normal, when we can hit the beach with our community, when we can campaign in parliament, and when we can do all sorts of other activities to uh, protect planet ocean. Yeah, and I'm kind of scanning through your website here just to kind of show people, you know, what Surface Against Sewage is all about. And obviously, people can listen to the podcast to hear a lot more about what it is that you all do. Um, but uh, what what's kind of going on for you guys as an organization right now? How has COVID nineteen affected you guys quickly? Uh, well, you know, off of that. Well, it's a you know it's a really interesting time, and you know I'm glad you've got the website up there because um, you know of course to some audiences you know our name seems quite sort of limiting, but but we're uh, you know broadly the you know the Surf Rider Foundation of the the UK really and working on all sorts of issues from climate change to plastic pollution from water quality through to sort of beach access so all of these these things um, and of course the need to protect much much bigger swathes of our ocean. Um, so we're a, a broad marine conservation charity, which is driven by the, the connections we have with the ocean, particularly surfing. Um, and so everything that we do really starts from the beachfront, whether it's people walking over tidelines of plastic pollution or surfing at the mouths of polluted rivers. Those are the motivators that make people sort of campaign with us. Um, 
But COVID-19 has been a, a, a challenge, massively challenging time for everyone, including SAS. And of course, much of our work is about bringing people together. Communities, our plastic-free community networks, some 700 communities around the country, the 100,000 volunteers who take part in our beach cleans around the country, the work we do in Parliament, you know, in Westminster with members of Parliament, with uh, academics, with scientists, all of that has sort of been put on hold. Um, and that's a, a real concern, but there are priorities at the moment. And we know that the environmental issues will come back much, much stronger after this crisis has been dealt with, yeah. because fundamentally what is happening now is connected with the need, the need to do much more for our planet to protect the natural ecosystems we have um, with even more vigor than ever before. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you said it, you know, a lot of your work is bringing people together and it's right there on the front page of your site. Together, we are the voice of the ocean. And I love that. And I love the way that you guys are out there collaborating and doing great work. Um, but you made a great segue into what's going on with the planet in general. So why don't we get into kind of our top stories this week? Um, they've been happening maybe over the past few weeks. But number one, our friends over at the Climate Council are reporting uh, mass leaching of the Great Barrier Reef. Um, is this an area you're familiar with at all? You've ever been out to the Barrier Reef? I've not. I, I have been to Australia many, many years ago. I haven't been to the Barrier Reef. Um, of course, I've seen lots of coral reefs, reefs in my in my travels. So I've surfed in in some beautiful places over beautiful reefs. Um, I've seen some coral bleaching in, in places. Um, and of course, this is a climate climate impact, a climate change impact, um, mm. and it's something that we work on, you know, quite closely through a big uh, big coalition called the Climate Coalition in the UK. I mean, a huge, you know, a huge concern. You know, the, the you know, climate change, uh, you know, was up until a month ago the number one issue in people's mind. Of course, COVID nineteen is the number one issue in people's mind yeah. now, but. But climate change will persist beyond this this crisis and will deepen if we don't take radical action. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, it's it's such a gnarly thing, right? Like the, the the Great Barrier Reef is this like massive, incredible system, and we can see the effects happening to it, and we want to address them directly. But the reality is, is that you have to direct you have to direct our action at the root cause, which is climate change. And that we're dealing with like climate lag in the system and that these things are going to take so much time to even get to a chance where um, it's stable again, if ever. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's pretty gnarly. I, I don't know. I, I, um, I think, I, go ahead. I think it's, it's really interesting. I mean, it's, you know, it's a, a terrifying story and it's, you know, it's a, it's a, a huge example of the degraded ecosystems and habitats around us and the need to support the the call for 30 percent of our oceans to be really highly protected by 2030 which i know the you know the the wsl are, are fully sort of behind um, yep. as are many many organizations globally um, and this is this is really the sort of crux of the matter we need to let the world sort of recover and the COVID-19 crisis is an interesting time because we do see nature rebounding in lots of places. We see animals coming back to places they may not have frequented for a long time. We see whales coming back to the, you know, close to shore in places in the Mediterranean and um, all sorts of areas. So it's, it's interesting. What we have to work out is how do we deliver those same sort of results of nature rebounding? without stopping life completely because of a pandemic? How do yeah. we deliver those same results? Because we don't want to, as environmentalists, be seen to be people who are saying, look, we just got to stop doing stuff. Because yeah. people want to do things. People want to go surfing. They want to 
see their friends. They want to, you know, um, you know, they want to buy certain things. They want to do it more sustainably. Of course, they want to take pressure off the planet. So we've got to work out how do we let nature flourish um, again, whilst not stopping what we like to do. And I think one of the best ways to do that will be protecting much bigger parts of the planet, whether it's the sea and the yeah. ocean or whether it's the terrestrial ecosystems where we really can't do anything. So yeah. then on the 70% of the rest of the planet, we can, we can live our lives as yeah. we sort of. And I think that's a great segue to the, the next story, which I was going to bring up, is that here in the USA, um, the New York Times has been reporting and a number of other outlets have reported that the Environmental Protection Agency is rolling back a lot of environmental measures, um, particularly around fuel standards. And this is one of those things where we want to live our lives. We want to have cars. We want to have transportation to be able to go places. We just need to do it in a sustainable way. The previous administration was working towards that, trying to increase fuel economy standards and move us towards electric vehicles and hybrid vehicles, et cetera. Yep. Now this administration is trying to roll it back, which in my opinion is just a pain in the ass to the audio, auto industry. And I think the auto industry would agree. I'm curious, you know, what's your opinion from across the pond where you guys maybe have a different relationship to cars than we do? Well, I think, I think we, we do have a different relationship with cars, but the, 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 the challenge is the same. I think coming out of this crisis when we, we know that there's going to be massive economic challenges for, for all of, you know, all of our, our countries. Um, I think we have to look at how we can incentivize the best business, business practice and bring, bring, bring the, the, the greenest, most sustainable businesses to the forefront of the economy rather than letting the old dirty polluting industries you know, thrive once again. We shouldn't be pumping in this, the rescue packages to businesses that are really destroying the ecosystems that we rely on and also probably destroying the ecosystems that will in some way contribute to pandemics like the COVID-19 crisis yeah. so i think the, the the key now is is how we rebound when we come out of this and of course there's a lot of tragedy going on at the moment and my thoughts and my sort of heart goes out to all of the families and the individuals who are suffering at the moment yeah. but when we come out of this we really need to look at our relationship with the planet we really need to look at the companies that really will do the most um do the most to protect our planet rather than putting big rescue packages into companies that are proven to destroy planet ocean Totally. And I think one of the scary things that we're seeing right now is that there are a lot of industries that are actually trying to take advantage of this time. Um, one, and an area that you're really you know, familiar with is the plastic industry. And uh, here in the U.S., at least in many states, they're rolling back plastic bag bans that have gone into effect. Um, they're discouraging the use of reusable bags. Um, coffee shops are not, you know, allowing you to use your reusable cup. It's a lot of stuff that is the fear of, you know, COVID-19. And of course, we want to do everything to um, prevent its spread. But at the same time, this seems like a very opportunistic sort of approach and an attempt to try to uh, roll back all this progress that maybe doesn't actually have a lot of merit. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's really difficult um, because there is a lot of fear at the moment with this pandemic. Um, even, you know, as I was out and I, I live quite close to a river here, um, a beautiful tidal river, the, the River Fowl. Um, and I went out for a walk with my wife, Sarah, and my son, Darwin, and, um, and I went for a swim, which was really nice. But, um, but on the way, you know, I saw some, some plastic bottles and you don't want to pick them up because you don't know who's dropped them. You don't know, you know, you know if they're sort of contaminated that's that's a really strange thing to feel from somebody yeah. who would always normally try and pick things up you know hey, i hear you man um, but but we we see that we see this thing in the uk too you know we've campaigned for many many years on different 
from plastics legislation on deposit return uh, deposit return scheme on plastic bottles on plastic bags um, on the ban of straws and stirrers and um, cotton bud sticks uh, q-tips i think they are in the states mm-hmm. um you know all of those things and and now the time frames around those and when they'll be enforced is is all up in the air we're currently also in the middle of the, the environment bill in in westminster which is is also on hold, which will dictate right. lots of different environmental legislation coming out of, as we come out of Europe with the big Brexit um, issue, which seemed like a huge issue only a few weeks ago, and now Brexit seems maybe less less huge. But um, but it's a, a really um, a really strange time, and once the dust settles on all of this COVID nineteen crisis, which hopefully will be sooner than we think, yeah. you know, we, we've got to redouble our effort as environmentalists to say, look, we cannot now slide back. We cannot. We cannot say that the, the, the planet can, can be ravaged once again just to get the industry started. We have to look at new ways of doing things because we, we know that, that, that business as usual was killing the planet that we lived on. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of research that says that um, that business as usual is what was leading to some of these things, pushing humans and wildlife closer together to create these potential, um, you know, viruses and pandemics. And um, there's a lot of work to be done to create that balance. So um, Hugo, we're, we're out of time, but I want to thank you so much for joining us. And uh, I really appreciate your knowledge, obviously super expert. And thanks everyone for listening this week. You can listen to the podcast with Hugo. It'll be in your feed. Uh, Great episode, super expert. Uh, It's really, really fun. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.